0: All right. I am so excited to get to speak to you guys this morning. For those of you who are new to us, uh, my name is Pastor Chris. I'm our executive pastor here at Destiny. Uh, pastor Lawrence, our lead pastor, is out doing ministry this morning. Uh, and I get to speak to you guys, and I'm excited. It is going to be a good, good morning. Uh, if you're taking notes, and, and I encourage you to, um, Grab your notes, grab a notebook, grab something you can write something down with. Let me ask you a question. I say this all the time, but I don't ever want us to forget it. How many of you guys want to hear God speak to you this morning? Amen. Amen. Then let's come prepared. You know, if I'm asking somebody for directions, I get my phone out or I get a pen out. I get something so that I can write those directions down so that I don't forget three or four turns in, right? then we should show up expecting to hear from God the same way. Let's write down what he's going to say. Let's be prepared because we don't want to forget those directions three or four steps in, right? And I'm not saying that because I'm the best speaker in the world. I'm saying that because we serve an amazing God who will speak and use anyone. He used a donkey, so hopefully he'll use me today, and it's going to be good, all right? So if you've got your notes out, let's jump in. I want to celebrate a couple things as we get started today. You know, we have had a busy few weeks at Destiny, <laughs> Amen. We've had our Destiny Celebration, which went phenomenal. I'm sorry, Fun Fest, which was phenomenal. You guys were here for that. We packed this place out. It was cold and rainy, so we moved it inside, and this place was absolutely overflowing with people. And it was phenomenal. And then a couple weeks later, we got an opportunity to partner with the Assemblies of God throughout the state and do multiple things this weekend uh, all across the city. A Metro, there were five different locations. One was a Hispanic focus, four others that were just investing in the community. We got to be one of those four. So we had hundreds of people on our campus yesterday, inflatables out front. We got to provide food and resources and just love on people in our community. And it was a phenomenal time of just investing in those around us. And here's the thing. I want to take a moment to remind us of something. I think a lot of times, as Christians, we get in, we get a relationship with God, and we kind of, anybody else ever feel like, okay, what do I do next? Anybody ever been there? I think we find ourselves in that place a lot, and I don't mean this negatively, but I think it's a reality that we need to recognize. I think we find our place in that a lot because we have reduced the gospel to an introduction. And what I mean by that is, we have made the gospel all about introducing somebody to Jesus. And the truth is, that introduction is simply the beginning point. And when we've made that the entire focus of the gospel, then once I know Jesus, what do I do next? And the truth of it is there is so much more, and I want to talk to us a little bit about that this morning, what it really means to have an activated faith, to have action in our faith, where we're not just believers, we don't just believe in Jesus, we don't just know who he is, but we truly engage with him and live a life of purpose. So I'm going to read a portion of scripture to you today, and then we're going to pick it apart. We're going to be in Luke chapter 9, verse 10 through 17. I love this story. It's gonna be a good one. So we're gonna start at verse 10. It says, When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything that they had done, and they slipped quietly away with them towards the town of Bethsaida. But the crowd found out where they were going, and they followed them. He welcomed them, and he taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those that were sick. And late in the afternoon 12 disciples came to him and said Send the crowds away to a nearby village or to nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night There is nothing to eat here in this remote place Everybody said nothing to eat here But Jesus said to them I love this you feed them But we only have 5 loaves of fish and 2 or 5 loaves of bread and 2 fish They answered, or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there are about 5,000 men. Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of about 50. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked to heaven, and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards, the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of leftovers. There's a whole lot we can learn from that story, a whole lot. But the very first thing I want to point to, and I think it's really important that we understand, is Jesus is okay with your questions, I think we find ourselves so many times in this place where it's like, God, what am I doing? Why am I here? And then we almost feel guilty for asking about our situation or our circumstance or what we do next or where we go, and there becomes this conflict. Anybody else ever feel guilty about having questions about what God's doing or why because we don't see it happen maybe the way we think it should happen? God's okay with your question. It just needs to be followed by your obedience. So I, I love that portion because they said, hey, Jesus, here's the problem. There's no food. These people have nothing. Like, we need to send them home. Here's, here is my solution to the problem that I see. What was Jesus' reply? That's not a solution. You feed them. Right? You feed them. And I love the next part. Uh but we don't have enough resources, Jesus. We've only got five loaves and two fish. You want us to go buy it all? We don't have enough money to feed 5,000 people? What's Jesus' response? We don't have the resources, Jesus. We don't have the money, Jesus. Okay, go have them sit in groups of 50. Okay. (laughs) I love it. There's no more, like, argument. It's like, but but, God, here's how this should work. Yeah, it's not that way. You need to do it this way. Okay. But I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't do it that way, Jesus. Okay. Go sit them down. All right. Anybody ever been there before? Okay, God, I'll do it, but I don't know why. I don't know how this is going to work, but if you say so. Then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and he blessed them. Broke it and then he kept giving the bread. I love it. He kept giving. Here's the deal. Jesus is okay with your questions. He's okay with when you don't feel like you have enough. He's okay when you don't feel like you've got the resources to do what he's asked you to do because here's the thing. He's not asking you to use what you don't have. We look at it it's like God, but we need all this to accomplish it. And he's like, no, 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 you just need what's in your hand. If you will give, some of y'all need to hear me, if you will give me what is in your hand, I'll accomplish everything I need to accomplish with it. And what was their question? But, But Jesus, like, we don't have enough. We don't have enough stuff. We don't have enough money. Anybody ever felt that? Okay, give me what you got. And he takes it and he blesses it and he breaks it and just keeps on using it. See, that's the thing. When we take what little we have and we give it to God and we allow him to bless it, it begins to multiply. It begins to be something bigger than what we anticipated it could ever be. God begins to be able to do more with what we ever thought was possible. I don't know about you, but I've found myself in that place so many times in my life. It's like, God, but really? (laughs) How am I supposed to do this? What what do you want me to do? And then God will provide a way. And it's like, God, but I mean, right now the economy is rough, right? Groceries are crazy high. God, what do we do? How do we help people? Simple. I'm going to provide an avenue where we're going to be able to provide food and resources to people in the community, and we're going to be able to do that. But God, what if it's not enough? We'll just take what we have, and we'll bless it, and we'll use it. Are you with me? I mean, yesterday, we were able to give hundreds of bags of groceries away to people on this campus. We had enough leftover that we we're able to give to Kids, to the shelter in Dell City that helps with uh, homeless children and teenagers who are pregnant. We're able to give to that. We've got... Hundreds of bags that we still have waiting for this morning, that when we are done, we're going to move that curtain right there, and I want to encourage you as part of what your assignment is today is, first off, if you need food, we've got bags for you. If you know someone who needs food, we've got bags for you, and let's take what God has blessed us with and given us, and let's walk out of here and be the hands and feet of Jesus where we can actually help the people he's entrusted to us. If we will be faithful with what he's entrusted, he will use it and he will grow it. You don't have to have all the resources. You don't have to have all the money. You don't have to have all the time. Can I help you? You don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be faithful with with what we've got. Now, see, I want to bring this to a little bit different point. Because Jesus feeding the 5,000, man, that's awesome, man. This community event we did yesterday was awesome. All these different locations we gave, in all the locations, we gave over 6,000 bags of groceries away. But here's the important part. That's organizational. And it's great that Jesus fed the 5,000. It's great. That we were able to help the community with big, broad strokes, but how many of you realize there's a commission that we are called to as individuals, and that is not a commission to get together as an organization, try to do big things, but it is us personally to take the gospel and to share it with people and live out what he created us to do. I've heard the Great Commission. I've heard people talk about, man, the Great Commission, But, the, and I've heard it said a million different ways. The Great Commission is what? Y'all go, not y'all come. Like, there's all the different ways I've heard people talk about the Great Commission, but the Great Commission is really simple. It is empowering us to be the hands and feet in Jesus of the people around you, and I want to be really intentional about this. I took, it's been a few months back, um, me and my wife Jana went downtown, and we did one of those, like, you paint together classes. You guys, anybody ever been to those? They're awesome, and you make things. Uh, it, it, I, I started to call them paintings, but I, not all of them are. Um, they're things, and there's paint on them, uh, right? And they help you. And theirs looks awesome, and yours is kind of like it. There's a point to that, because that's kind of the way it is with Jesus. His is awesome. And man, when we try our absolute best to look like him, kind of looks like it. It's got some flaws, some missed strokes. But you still get the idea of what it's pointing to. I want you to hear me because you're not going to be perfect and you don't need to be. There's opportunities for us to do big, broad-stroke things where we're able to help the community and help those around us. And that's the thing. When we sat down, the very first thing they did, take this yellow brush and paint half the canvas, okay? Now, take this red brush and paint the other half of the canvas. And they're huge, big strokes. And those were necessary to get the picture. But for it to truly look like Jesus, it wasn't the big strokes that made the difference. It was the small Little spots here and there. Okay, do a little stroke over this curve, a little one over here. This is my point. If we really want the world to see Jesus, big, broad strokes, we're giving away hundreds of baskets of food is great. It's part of the picture. But if we really want people to see Jesus, it's going to take the little strokes. It's going to take the little spots. It's going to take us being those on an individual level, each and every one of us when we walk outside of these doors, being Jesus to the people around us. Y'all want to read the verse everybody quotes. When we talk about the Great Commission. It's Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Sorry to you guys in the back. I didn't give you this earlier. I added this during worship. So they're scrambling. No need. It's not there. <laughs> now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, the mountain where Jesus was directing them. And they saw him and they worshiped him, but they doubted. And Jesus came and he said, all authority in heaven and earth I have given to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Go and make what? Disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Teaching them to observe all I commanded who? You. And behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. Here's the thing that I want you to get. We reduce the gospel to, hey, Jesus died for you. Accept him. Let him be the Lord of your life. And the truth of it is, you realize Jesus preached the gospel? Jesus sent the disciples to preach the gospel. The gospel is not Jesus died for you. Don't I'm not preaching heresy. Listen, let me finish. That's the introduction. The introduction is Jesus died for you. The gospel is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God wants the kingdom of heaven released on earth and that happens through our surrendered and empowered lives. The way we get there is an introduction through a God who sent his son who died for us and that's the introduction. The gospel is what he wants to do after. The introduction is what Jesus did to allow us to be in relationship with him again. We've got to walk out of here and show people Jesus and the way we live our life. We've got to walk out of here and usher the kingdom of heaven into our homes, into our friend groups, into our workplace. How do we do that? By spending time with him, by looking like him, by sounding like him, by praying with people, by sitting with people, by talking with people. I love it. Teach them to observe all the commands I commanded you. It's real simple. I'll give you another illustration. This was going to go back a while for some of you guys. How many of you guys have ever worked on a project? I think of high school when I think of these type of projects where it's like the teacher says, "Hey, go do this and You look at your friend, you're like, what are we supposed to do on that again? Anybody ever been there? Right? And what's your answer like? I'm not real sure, but here's what I did. Right? Welcome to the gospel. For real. Here's how life should be perfectly. You got that? Kind of. Here's what I did. Let me rephrase it. I don't have all the answers, but here's what Jesus did in me. I don't have it all figured out. I can't paint you the whole picture, but here's what Jesus did in me. Here's what I'm walking through. Here's what I'm working through. Here's the issues and the struggles that I have that Jesus is helping me grow through. That's the gospel. Jesus wants to invade your life. He wants to invade your home. He wants to invade your marriage. How? I mean, I don't got it all figured out, but here's what we do. Stop acting like we have all the answers. We don't. People see through that real quick. And the truth of it is, if you think you got them, you probably got more arrogance than humility anyway. So let's go ahead and move past that and realize we don't have it figured out. But we know someone who does. And here's what he did in my life. So here's what he can do in yours. You with me? I'll jump back into my notes now, sorry. James 2, verses 14 through 16. What good is it, dear brother and sister, if you say, have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister with no food or clothes and you say, goodbye, have a great day, stay warm and eat well but you don't give them any food or clothes, what good does it do? If you can tell people, hey, there's help and there's hope, good luck with that. The world's got plenty of that. The world's got plenty of self-help books. The world's got plenty of podcasts. What the world doesn't have plenty of is Jesus. What they don't have plenty of is people coming around them and saying, hey, I may not be able to buy you a whole new wardrobe, but here's some gloves. Hey, I may not be able to go fill your pantries, but I can take you to lunch. I can make sure you eat today. Maybe in here you're like, I, Pastor Chris, I would love to do that, but honestly, I can't afford to take somebody to lunch. That's okay. We're all in different places. Hey, you know what? I'd love to just invest in you. Why don't you come over Friday and I'll make a pot of coffee and we can just talk about Jesus? That's fine. What's your context? What can you do? Jesus isn't asking you to do something you can't do. He's not asking you to provide more than you have. He's not asking you to make something out of nothing. He's asking you to take what you have and use it. I don't know what I have. I just love to bake. All right, that's a great, I'm telling you right now. That's a great way to show the love of Jesus. I'm just telling you, I love baked goods. Right? Use what you've got. Well, Pastor Chris, I can't bake anything. I'm going to set the house on fire. Then please don't bake nothing. What are you good at? What's your gift? to me, like, oh, I don't know, I'm not good at talking to people. Great. Most of us talk too much anyway. That means you're in a great position to listen to people. What's going on in your life? What are you struggling with right now? What can I pray with you about? And let them talk. Some of y'all are like, man, but I love to talk, Pastor Chris. Great. Connect you with AT. We can show you how to become a community group leader. You can talk a lot to a lot of different people. We can find a place, but what gift do you have? Where do you fit that in context of your life? Where we walk out of here and we use the gifts and talents and abilities that God's given us instead of trying to condense them down to fit a mold that isn't even in the Bible. We've got to understand, you were equipped and created to make a difference in your world. Our ultimate goal is not to accept Jesus and hope we make it the rest of the way. We accept Jesus and it starts an introduction to who God truly created you to be. Jesus didn't come and die to get you to heaven. He came and died to mend a relationship that was broken. I want you to think about that. Jesus died for the opportunity to have a relationship with you. I don't think we think of it in those terms enough, but who in this room is guaranteed heaven? Just out of nowhere. We're not. We can have it through relationship with Jesus, right? It is a free gift to everybody, and we talk that, and we say that, and salvation is free to everybody. It's a free gift, but it's not just guaranteed. We have to participate in it. We have to accept it, right? We've got to accept him. So Jesus died Think about this. On the same token, who who in this room did Jesus die for? Everybody. But not all of us will make that decision to have a relationship with him though, right? So you're telling me that God himself became man to die a brutal death just so that you would have the chance to say yes That's a whole different perspective. He died to give you the opportunity to have that relationship. So let's take it and let's do something with it. Let's make a meaningful expression of the life that we've been given. And let's begin to change our world. But it starts with us. And we begin, if the band can start to come back up, it, we begin to turn our focus and our attention away from the things that we feel like we have to do and just begin to be who God creates us to be and invite people along the way. I love it. Jesus didn't gather a whole bunch of people so that he could do a miracle and provide food for 5,000 people. You realize that? What was he doing? Well, they slipped quietly away. He was running he was trying to be alone. Hear me. Last point that I'm going to pull out of this. He was trying to be alone. He was trying to just get away with some friends. Him and the 12 were just, they were going. They slipped out while nobody was looking. Anybody ever just, I just need, I just need a day to myself. Anybody ever feel that? I know we got all the time. I'm just, I'm just trying to spend time with friends this weekend. I'm just trying to do this this weekend. I love it. But the crowd found him. And he welcomed them and he taught them about the kingdom of heaven. Here, here's the point that I want to make. We all need days where we just take a day to ourselves. We all need time to relax. But we also all need to just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and the opportunities that God brings into our life. Because sometimes it's a phone call that, man, I don't feel like answering today, but that phone call is going to change your day and whoever's on the other end for the better just because we took the time to listen. What is it that God has entrusted to you? Who are the people that God's entrusted to you? I don't know, Pastor Chris. Who is that? Your family? It's going to start there. Your spouse? Your kids? Take time to listen to them. Take time to be there with them. The people you work with, oh, Pastor Chris, but you don't understand the people I work with. That's great. That's great. You got an opportunity to listen, you got an opportunity to speak, you got an opportunity to show Jesus in a real and practical way just by showing up. So I want to challenge you today. Let's stop thinking about how we can just make it to heaven. And start realizing how we can usher heaven here on earth. How do we do that in our everyday life? So Here's what I want to ask you. You bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're in here today and you say two things. One. Maybe I'm in here, and Pastor Chris, you're talking about this relationship with Jesus, and you're talking about a God who died for me, and I don't know who that is, and I don't have that relationship, and I need it. Then I want to invite you to lift your hand. Let's make an introduction this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? want everybody in here, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for all of my sins. Help me to live like you each and every day. Here's the second thing I want to ask. If you're in here and you say, you know, the truth is I know Jesus. I've got a relationship with him, but I've been far too focused on me than on who he created me to be. I want you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I pray right now for every person who lifted their hand, God, that we truly would begin to see people through your eyes, that we would see your heart for those around us, that we would take our attention and our focus off of ourselves. We would learn to love people the way you love people. We would learn to see people the way you see people. And we would walk in compassion to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's a lot of different ways that we can serve. There's a lot of different ways that we can connect. First and foremost... Our personal responsibility is serving those around us, serving those guys entrusted to us. Second way is to begin to serve the needs of those in the community close to us, in this room right here where we come together as a family and we help each other. We partner with events like we did this weekend and other things that we've got coming in the future. And then the truth of it is, it's not enough for us to know Jesus. It's not enough for our community to know Jesus. We want the world to know Jesus. So then we look for ways outside of that, and we've got different missions opportunities. You know, we did a missions focus here a few weeks ago. And if you want to find out more information about that, we have a slide that comes up. You just text missions to the number on your screen. That's going to sign you up for any information that we have about upcoming mission trips. We got four that we're looking at doing this coming year. It's also going to give us Information that you've got a heart for missions. So when we have local missions opportunities coming up, things like this weekend, we're going to be able to get information to you to say, hey, here's places you can serve. Here's places you can connect. Here's things that you can do to be a part of and help you along the way. So us all stand together. I want to invite you. Let's worship Him today. I want to... Ask our elders to come up. They're going to be underneath the screens for prayer. Dave and Lauren Fulford, Derek and Crystal Wilson, Jim and Diana Howard, Ryan and Gina Perry, Jason and Heather Shiflet, Wade and Jennifer Moore. Pastor Lawrence is out, Pastor Tracy. And we're going to take a little bit of time before we leave. We're not going to be here long. But how many of you guys know it's one thing to hear a good message is another thing to take what we've heard really apply it to our life so let's worship into that let's press into Jesus for just a little bit longer before we conclude today and if you need prayer our elders are available to come pray for you let's worship him